instead, he is the governor of life. If you read, and we don't have the time to right now, but if you read Ephesians 1.1, essentially what the writer of Hebrews is saying is this. God, in the Old Testament, spoke through shadows, through symbols, through types, through that which was a reality in those days, but the reality that was in those days was speaking of something of greater import than just the reality of the first two bents of the two openings, the wall being constructed, the wall being torn down. And so we're living in the day of the fullness of that reality. And so the walls that we're speaking about today are important. Why are these walls important? These walls are important specifically because they are the walls of Jerusalem. They are the walls of Jerusalem. We're not just talking about the walls of anything. We're talking about the walls that are surrounding the earthly location, the earthly demonstration, the earthly administration of the testimony of God as you look at the Old Testament. So why are the walls important? Because they are the walls of Jerusalem. They are the walls that surround the city, that surround the temple in which the glory of God is manifest and the presence and the power of God is being seen and demonstrated according to the leading of Jesus. And the walls of Jerusalem served the Lord's testimony, I think, in three ways. They located the testimony, they defined the testimony, and they protected the testimony that was within the walls. This morning we're going to talk about three things that we believe the walls do. Now maybe they do more. This is not a debate of whether one is three or more than three. At least these three things we believe the walls do. When we see the walls, remember, referring to the walls, remember, as a symbol, as so much in the Old Testament is symbolic of that which stands for the reality and the fullness and the coming of Christ. Now I know in the church we haven't done a whole lot of this probably need to do more, but we also need to be very careful. Everything in the Old Testament is not a symbol of something to come. There are very obvious symbols, and the Lord normally works this out. In Galatians chapter 4, we see that Paul is talking about the symbolism in Mount in Jerusalem and Mount Zion, the symbolism in Sarah and Hagar, and there are others. And so what we don't want to do is create today an attitude that let's look at the Old Testament and every little word and every little activity and every little anything. I wonder what it says really. What it says really is what it says. But a lot of it says more than what it says. Are you following me on this? Anybody ever say something to you and they said something but they really said more than what they said? How many of us have done that? We're really saying more than what we're saying. I told Victor McCullough this morning, thank you for not wearing that ugly red shirt you had on last week. What we're really saying is, don't bring Alabama in here, babe. Now, Victor kind of knew that. I don't know how he knew it, but he knew it. Then he explained to me, it wasn't red, it's crimson. We know it's red because we know nobody in Alabama can spell crimson. So let's continue and get that out of the way. No debate, brother. I'm the preacher. <laughs> See, this is why we don't want to give y'all microphones in here. <laughs> the purpose of the walls. 
first, the wall located the testimony of God. Now, when we talk about the wall locating the testimony of God, let's remember this, that today as believers, we are the living testimony of God. Am I too loud? I just want to get you quiet just for a second. Too loud? Tell that big guy in the back. Because I know that sometimes the tune makes me mad. It doesn't get enough tune or dainty voice, and it makes me mad. We have to remember that the walls have to do with the testimony. And we are the testimony of God. Amen? So when we say the walls locate the testimony, what we're talking about in Jerusalem is fulfilled in us. The walls locate the testimony of God. The walls were a statement that the testimony of God was located within the walls. The testimony isn't just anywhere. The living reality and the power and the work of God is just not anywhere. It's in a particular location. We have to remember this as believers because the world is telling us and the spirituality of the world is telling us, well, God is everywhere. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean he's everywhere because he is God, but he is in everybody. And just have to kind of come in contact, and it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you believe that there is a divine being, and he is everywhere. He isn't everywhere in that kind of a personal inhabiting sense. He is only one place. And in the Old Testament, the walls are telling us that look around the globe, look in every country and every civilization of any kind. And you will not find a manifested testimony of God anywhere except within the walls of Jerusalem. I said anywhere is not. That's what the Old Testament tells us. But it has, again, revelation and revelance attached to it. It's located within the testimony. Specifically in the Old Testament, the testimony is located in the temple. And the temple, of course, is Jerusalem. It's where God's presence his visible glory and worship were manifested. I think Second Chronicles 7, 1, when Solomon constructed the temple, and he prayed, and the word says, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now, immediately, that says something about us who are the living temple of God. If the glory of the Lord fills a building, does the glory of the Lord fill us? Should we be seeking the glory of the Lord to be filling us in a greater fashion? All those who have been born again, all of those who are believers in Jesus Christ, have the Holy Spirit within them, have become the living temple of God, and if this testimony is to be blazing out. So where the walls located the temple, the testimony of God, now has been located in us. What's the testimony of God?
of Jesus Christ. Okay, now we know where is the testimony of the living God upon the earth today? Where is it? In us, in when? In me and in you, when that strange-looking person, that strange-talking person across the table from you, did that first confession. Did not have to pray about being at the men's retreat. Come on, brothers. 
when the God of glory says, meet with me. There's no prayer about that. You come. And when the boss says, be there at eight, well, I'll see about seven. How many will you push say, I'll see about four when you get home?
located in that spine against the wall currently or back? And secondly, what is it that Dr. Hicks' testimony apprises in us? In Jerusalem, it protected the testimony of God upon the earth. This is the physical protection of the testimony that lay within the walls that the walls defined. The wall protected the interests and the purposes and activities of the world within from being polluted by the interests and activities of the world without. And that's the major issue in the way we live. Because if we're living according to the Spirit, and if we are putting away the deeds of the flesh and denying sin to be an activity in our lives by the Spirit, the testimony that is located within, which defines the very life of Christ himself, is being protected. But if we're not living by the Spirit, we're seeking other things, if we're relaxing in the way we live, if we're cooperating with other things, we're letting the testimony of the world seep through cracks in the walls which we have allowed to be there in our compromise. See, God maintains the wall, but through the means of our the mission of the spiritual and the material. It presented the mission of the spiritual and the material. The wall protected against anything or anyone which was not holy of the Lord. It protected.
testimony that vilifies and lies and corrupts Because when we're doing these things, the damage and the danger and the dastardliness of this is that it is polluting the testimony of Christ himself. And we are saying that Jesus is a person who loves pornography, who loves to be jealous, who loves to lie, who loves to do whatever. That's the problem with our sin. The next time you and I are sinning, Next time we have something coming out of our mouth that should never have come out. Next time we have an attitude, an opinion that is not of God. Let's take time that what we are saying before the heavenly principalities and powers is this. What you see now is Jesus' reality. Jesus is testimony. And if it's
every day. We see people resisting sin, resisting people helping them, resisting a word from God, resisting. Slowly, and I warn folks, if you get in my office and you have the deal, you're sinning your life, but you're not doing it in a way that I'm hoping that you will and that I think you should, I'm going to warn you. And I'm going to tell you, God will because whom the Lord loveth, he disciplines. Our walls are broken down. There are areas in my life that have thorns in them now. And zombie church, how did they get that way? Karen, how did that happen? Sin. Satan has no ability to come against the walls of my life and shoot all the cannons of the demonic against my walls if I am standing in Christ and living in him the right way. Those cannonballs are going to bounce off the walls. The only reason they get through is when my sin causes the mortar in the block, or the mortar rather, whatever, it's in between the block to be weakened and the cannonball of temptation or problem hits and it, and it goes in. And all of a sudden they say it's in Christ. Repair. Stop sinning. Go to God. Confess. Repent. That's all it takes. In order to deal with their idolatry, the Lord sent the Babylonians. Come on, Karen. Remember last week? You remember the text I gave you last week? Three verses in verse 3, 2 Chronicles 7 I think it's 7.